Johnny. Four weeks. Twenty papers. That's two dollars plus tip. Uh, gee, Johnny, I don't have a dime. Sorry. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. Well, it's funny. See, my mom had to leave early to take my my brother to school and my dad to work because two dollars cash. See, the problem here is is that my little brother this morning he got his arm caught in the microwave and and uh, my grandmother dropped acid and she freaked out and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. So it's kind of a family crisis. So come back later, great. Eat, sleep, links, repeat. This is the Atari Lynx Handicast. Extra, extra, hear all about it. This is episode 22, Paperboy. And here once again is the chief circulation manager for this podcast, your host, Mark Little. Well, thank you, Monty. So, I see that you've returned from your Robots Forever conference. Yes, I have. And I must say that I feel refreshed, invigorated, and, well, invincible. Yeah, I think we spent enough time on the last episode talking about the grand robot planet domination scheme espoused by this conference of yours. Frankly, I'd rather move our conversation on to, well, paper boys, actually. Now, I can recall that I briefly worked as a newspaper deliverer as a young adult working my way through college back in the late 70s. I delivered the evening edition of the Macon, Georgia newspaper. I've always wanted to see Macon, Georgia! Uh, Monty, did you ever have a job as a newspaper delivery boy? Or, uh, paper delivery android? As a matter of fact, as a strapping young lad in Lincolnshire, I did spend several summers delivering my home village as analog newsprint periodical, the Heckington Hawker. To the local populace, I earned about three and a half shillings per month for each copy of that four-page tome that I was able to pitch onto a doorstep, into a hedge, or through a window every day. Do you have fond memories of that job, Monty? Not particularly. I recall that many of the residents of Heckington were, at that time, a bit hostile to having their weekly news rag delivered to their home by an android. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. Did you actually ride a bicycle on your route? No. I was lucky enough to own a Morris Minor in which to toodle around the village. However, I would rather have used a bicycle to do my deliveries after picking up the packets from the news agents each morning. Oh, why is that? A bike would have been faster. Ah, I see. Well, it's probably a lost art these days, delivering newspapers door to door, given the steady decline of the newspaper industry in general and of home newspaper delivery in particular. Indeed. 
the inexorable decline of the daily or weekly newspaper, and of the workforce of young boys and girls that once distributed it, only serves to make today's game seem that much more anachronistic in this age of high-speed downloads and a steadily shrinking news cycle. Right you are, Monty. And by the way, thank you very much for that brilliant seg into the game that we're covering today. It's what I'm here for. The Linky Bits. Right. So here's the scoop. Today's game is part number PA2041, Paperboy, released by Atari Corporation in 1990. Hey, you Joe! Boy, oh boy, have I got a scoop for you! Great! What is it, Marv? Front page headline tomorrow. Amazing Paperboy delivers. Earns honors, comma, big bucks. What a doozy, right? I smell Pulitzer. Yeah, I don't know. A newspaper story about a newspaper employee doing his job? That doesn't seem like a story at all. Oh, you kidding? He delivered all of his papers perfectly without missing a single home or smashing a window. He managed to avoid a tornado, rabid dogs, and even the angel of death. The angel of death? The Grim Reaper. He who rides the pale horse. El Muerte himself. And the kid avoided him. Incredible, right? Why aren't we reporting on death living in a small suburban neighborhood? Jeez, Joe. I thought you wanted hot scoops. If I knew you wanted to put people to sleep, I would have given you that story about the sentient tire roaming the neighborhood. You're fired, Marv. Vital Statistics Well, here are the vital statistics that I have about today's game Paperboy. Release date and initial retail price. Paperboy was published and released by Atari Corporation in December of 1990. The original retail price for the game was between $34.99 and $39.95 in the U.S., and £29.99 in the UK. Cartridge information. The game is housed on a 128 mono curved lip style cartridge. Game genre. It is an isometric view two-dimensional scrolling arcade game for one player only. Screen play field orientation. The screen play field orientation for Paperboy is landscape or horizontal. Based on. Paperboy was based on the arcade cabinet of the same name that was released by Atari Games in 1984. Ports of the game to other systems. Ports of Paperboy were also released for the Acorn Electron in 1986, the Amstrad CPC in 1987, the Apple II in 1988, the Apple II GS in 1988, the Atari ST in 1989, the BBC Micro in 1986, the Blackberry in 2009, the Commodore 16 in 1986, the Commodore Plus 4 in 1986, the Commodore 64 in 1986, the Commodore Amiga in 1989, the DOS platform in 1988, the J2ME platform in 2005, the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988, the Nintendo Game Boy in 1990, the Nintendo Game Boy Color in 1999, <sighs> the Sega Game Gear in 1991, the Sega Genesis in 1991, the Sega Master System in 1990, 
the Xbox 360 in 2007, and the ZX Spectrum in 1986. It might have been easier to list what systems did not have a port of Paperboy. Hmm, perhaps you're right, Monty. Sequels to the game. There was one official sequel, Paperboy 2, which was released for the Amstrad CPC in 1991, the Atari ST in 1992, the Commodore Amiga in 1992, the DOS platform in 1991, the Nintendo Game Boy in 1992, the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1991, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1991, the Sega Game Gear in 1993, the Sega Genesis in 1992, and the ZX Spectrum in 1992. Game Levels There are three skill levels in Paperboy. Easy Street, which is the least difficult, Middle Road, which is medium difficulty, and Hard Way, the hardest difficulty. Within each of these skill levels, there are seven stages, one for each day of the week. Packaging. Paperboy was released in a full-color, standard flap-tab, regular-sized box, 5 and 3 8 inches high by 4 and 3 8 inches wide by 7 to 8 inches deep. The French variant included a lapel pin and a French-language manual, and the Japanese variant included Japanese verbiage on the box back, along with a Japanese-language manual. There was also a blister pack variant sold. Front of the box. The background of the box front is black. Covering most of the box front is the cover art, outlined in a teal blue frame. The cover art consists of a cartoon depicting a young, brown-haired boy wearing a blue shirt, brown tennis shoes, and a tan baseball cap turned backwards, furiously pedaling a bicycle. Across the scene as an angry dog nips at his heels in the lower left. The boy is carrying rolled up newspapers in the white bag that is slung on his back, as well as in the basket beneath the handlebars of his bike. A couple of suburban houses with grass lawns can be seen on the horizon in the background in the upper right. The title, Paperboy, in large yellow serif lettering outlined in orange, is superimposed across the blue sky at the top of the cover art. A small black TM is positioned just above the Y in the title. Straddling the cover art frame at the bottom and surrounded by an oblong teal blue frame with rounded corners is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche. Below the Lynx logo within the cartouche are the words video game card in white block lettering. Finally, beneath the cover art at the bottom lower left of the box is the Atari Fuji logo and name in white with a small white circled R registered trademark just to the right. Back of the box. The background of the box back is white. Most of the back is enclosed within a teal blue frame. Straddling the frame at the top is the title, Paperboy, in the same font as it appears on the front cover. A small black TM appears just to the upper right of the Y in the title. Within the frame are two left and right screenshots near the top. The left screenshot shows a Paperboy riding his bike on the sidewalk in front of a suburban house. A sedan is driving down the street and a roadster is parked in the driveway at the bottom. A doghouse and a trash can are positioned near the driveway. The right screenshot depicts the paper boy riding his bicycle over the training course finish line as several spectators cheer from the stands just beyond him. Beneath the screenshots is the following heading rendered in a medium orange lettering outlined in black. Wake up the neighborhood! Beneath this heading are the following two paragraphs in medium black font. Jump aboard your heavy-duty bike for a ride through the burbs. Avoid hazards like motorcycles, brawling dudes, mad dogs, and crazed grannies. Bust the windows of those non-customers, deliver to your subscribers, and earn big points by mastering the radical training course. 
Keep it up for a week and you'll get to keep your job. Straddling the bottom of the teal blue frame box in its own oblong teal blue frame with rounded corners is a small version of the standard Lynx cartouche with the words video game card in white block letters below the Lynx logo. At the lower left of the box back is the Atari Fuji logo and name in black with a small black circled R registered trademark just to the right of the name. At the bottom center of the box is printed in small black font, Atari, the Atari logo, and Lynx are TMs or registered trademarks of Atari Corp. Paperboy is a TM of Atari Games Corp, licensed to Tengen Inc. Copyright 1990, Tengen Inc. All rights reserved, licensed to Atari Corp. Copyright 1990, Atari Corp, Sunnyvale, California, 94089. All rights reserved, printed in Hong Kong, made in China. Finally, as usual, at the bottom right of the box back is displayed the official seal of the FBI, bracketed at the top by the phrase, Winners Don't Use Drugs, and at the bottom with the name William S. Sessions, Director FBI. Yada, yada, yada. Box flaps, tabs, and spines. Printed on the bottom left inside tab of my Paperboy box is a small circle with the numbers 1 through 12 surrounding it, similar to a clock face, but with the number 7 missing. Inside the circle is printed the number 1991. This indicates that the print date for my box was in the 7th month, July of 1991, a full 8 months after its initial release. Above the circle are the initials GC, which again refers to one of several printing houses that Atari used between August of 1987 and June of 1990 to print what is known among Atari 2600 game collectors as the Red Box Boxes. Apparently, Atari continued to use GC past 1990 to print Lynx boxes and manuals. Printed on the top left inside tab of my box are the numbers CA400419-041 and C3981000-041. The outside top flap of my box includes the title, Paperboy TM, in bold capital black block lettering on the left, and the part number in small plain black font on the right. And the outside bottom flap includes a UPC barcode on the left with the numbers 7-77000-02052-9, with the title in the center in bold capital black block lettering, along with the part number in smaller black font on the right. Both spines of the box have the usual gray vertical bands with faux embossed Lynx font X's, and the title on each spine is rendered in white in bold capital block lettering. Each spine also includes a vertically positioned Lynx cartouche at the top, along with the Atari registered trademark Fuji logo and name in white at the bottom, housed within a black box with rounded corners. Below the logo on each spine is the part number PA2041 in small white lettering. If any Linksters have Paperboy boxes with different information on the tabs, flaps, or spines, please just let me know so that I can share that info with my listeners. The manual. Paperboy was packaged with a 12-page, including front and back covers, stapled regular-sized booklet manual in monochrome, measuring the usual 4 and 7 eighths inches high by 3 and 3 quarters inches wide. The manual was released in English in North America and in Europe, except in France where it was released in French. There was also a full-color Japanese manual published for the Paperboy release in Japan. The manual cover is mostly taken up by the cover art, which is a monochrome version of the box cover art. At the top is the standard Atari Lynx cartouche with the words Video Game Manual printed beneath. The word Lynx is outlined as usual in light red, almost pinkish orange, with the Atari Fuji logo bracketing the Lynx logo at the left positioned vertically. 
Beneath the logo are the words Video Game Manual. Down the right-hand side of the manual is the ubiquitous gray vertical band with faux embossed links font X's. Inside the front cover at the top of the page is a paragraph of accuracy boilerplate. Below that is the Atari, Atari logo, links, and Paperboy copyright info. Below that is the Atari Fuji logo, registered trademark, along with copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California, 94089-1302, all rights reserved. The rest of the inside cover is blank. On the next page after that, labeled as page 1, and on through to the middle of page 2, are the following five paragraphs under the heading, Fling Those Papers. Every kid wants to make a little money. You're no exception. That's why you applied for a job delivering the Daily Sun, the world's most throwable newspaper. After all, how tough can it be? All you've got to do is throw a few papers and you'll be rolling in the dough. The circulation manager shakes your hand, smiles, and explains your assignment. You are to break new ground by finding customers in that new subdivision on the west end of town. As soon as you can find 10 new customers, the route will be yours. For days, you wander through the subdivision, pounding on doors and trying to sell your papers. But what looks like a friendly little community is really the home of some of the rudest people you've ever met. They scream, slam their doors, and send their dogs after you. Finally, the 10th person signs up and you're ready to roll. You're not about to forgive and forget the rotten way you were treated by the people of the neighborhood. They will pay dearly for being so rude. To your customers, you'll be the best paper boy ever. To their neighbors, you'll be the most generous paperboy in history. You'll give them free samples through every closed window on the block until they realize how much they need to subscribe to the Daily Sun. Now get on your bike and start pedaling. It's non-stop ink on the hands and bugs in the teeth action as you set out to become the world's greatest paperboy. Getting started instructions are listed on the bottom half of page 2 on through to the top third of page 3. Optional game controls are listed in the middle of page 3. Playing the game instructions are covered beginning at the bottom of page 3 and they continue on through the bottom of page 5. Page 6 includes a rendering and legend descriptions of the playfield under the heading Screen. The top two-thirds of page 7 includes strategies for playing the game. The bottom third of page 7 on through to page 8 covers scoring. The inside back cover is blank, and the back cover itself is mostly blank except for the Atari Fuji logo and registered trademark and name at the bottom left. Beneath that logo, copyright 1990, Atari Corporation, Sunnyvale, California 94089-1302, all rights reserved. On the bottom of the back cover of my manual is printed in Hong Kong, G.C.1.1992, C39810201. Indicating that my manual is a reissue from January of 1992. And that completes the vital statistics for Paperboy. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. I'm Zurbanator. I do a bunch of podcast shows all consist of things to make you happy and some are of movies and some are of retro days of them and some are of some spookiness like being back from the dead
tell you that they can be found online They are totally free, they will not cost you a dime Go to servanator.wordpress.com and find everything just fine And on iTunes you can also subscribe Try my best to get the shows out on time Some of the guests are some good friends of mine Friends of mine Spend a quiet week at home with Tom Hanks in The Burbs. It's a comedy about what happens to an ordinary neighborhood when a very unordinary family moves in. Neighbors from hell. Your neighbors are murdering people. We got a real problem. I hit the gaslight, I'd run! Tom Hanks, The Burbs. Bring it home on video cassette from MCA Home Video. Critics. Original Arcade. The original Paperboy arcade game, which was available in an upright cabinet configuration that included a special steering controller, was released by Atari Games in 1984. Licensee. Paperboy was licensed to Atari Corporation by Tengen Incorporated. Tengen was an American video game publisher and developer that was created by the arcade game manufacturer Atari Games to focus on the home game market, computer and console games. Tengen also published conversions of other manufacturers' arcade games, including games from Sega, Namco, and Toa Plan. Most of Tengen's NES releases were not licensed by Nintendo, so subsequently Tengen faced a lawsuit because of this. In the early 1990s, Tengen also published several original games from various developers. The Tengen division was renamed to Time Warner Interactive, California, Incorporated, after Time Warner bought Atari Games Corporation in 1993. After the business was sold to WMS Industries, the name was reverted to Tengen Incorporated. However, the company was inactive until it was finally dissolved in 1999. Besides Paperboy, Tengen Incorporated also licensed no less than 12 arcade titles to Atari Corporation for converting to the Atari Lynx. Developer. The developer of Paperboy for the Atari Lynx was Al Baker and Associates, and the programmer listed for the game was Al Baker. The only other Lynx games that Al Baker was also responsible for were Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1991 and Pit Fighter in 1992. Artwork. Artwork for the arcade game Paperboy was completed by Elite Systems, incorporated in England in 1984 under the name Richard Wilcox Software. The company primarily provided games for the Commodore 64 and the ZX Spectrum. Artwork for the Lynx port of Paperboy was done by Nathan Baker. Nathan also worked on artwork for the Lynx port of Pit Fighter in 1991. Sound. And David Tominaro provided the music for Paperboy. He also engineered the sound and or composed music for the Lynx titles Robo Squash and Road Blasters in 1990 and for Pinball Jam and Hydra in 1992. And that completes my coverage of the credits for Paperboy. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief advert. (laughs) 
This is the city, Los Angeles, California. The city never sleeps. The movie theaters, the restaurants, the parties, the burlesque clubs, the tiddlywinks parlors, the all-night wicker emporiums. They go on from dusk to dawn, and so does the crime. No, crime never sleeps, and that's where I come in. My name is Sergeant Joe Hackaday, and I carry a badge. It's not much to look at as badges go, but I'm kind of stuck on it. I was working the day watch out of the Domestic Distrust Division. It was a Friday afternoon, May 17th. It was hot, 105 degrees in the shade, of which there is precious little in the city. Humidity was at 98%. The barometric pressure was rising. At exactly 3.49 Greenwich Mean Time, I received a telephone call about a domestic disturbance at an apartment in the Cucamonga Heights section, a typical middle-class neighborhood. I left headquarters and hoofed it on out to the address. My partner, Detective Montague, was already there. What do you got, money? The caller is a one, Bob Shaw Mac from Racine, Wisconsin. He lives in apartment 12B up the stairs and on the right at the end of the corridor. Claims that his girlfriend is involved in some kind of cult. Listening to a certain retro gaming podcast all day and then spending her evenings buying merchandise online from something called a handy shop. Sounds like a front for some kind of demented sicko to me, Sergeant. Come on, let's check it out. Greetings and salutations to you, sirs. Just the facts, ma'am. Um, I'm a sir. Oh, sorry, sir. My mistake. You're Bob Shermack of Racine, Wisconsin? I am. I'm Sergeant Hackaday, and this is Detective Montague. We're from the Domestic Distrust Division. You make a call to headquarters about your girlfriend? Indeed I did. Want to tell me about it? My girlfriend, Maxine Levine. She from Racine, too? Why, yes. Yes, she is. Maxine Levine from Racine? That's right. Go on. She listens to this Handicast podcast all day long. It's about the Atari Lynx. I see. Then at night... At night? Yes. She jumps on the interweb and purchases all this stuff from something called the Handy shop. She gets all kinds of things from there. Like hats? Yes. T-shirts? Yes, sir. Coffee mugs? Yep. Ballpoint pens? Yup. Water bottles? Uh-huh. Desk notebooks? You got it. Mouse pads? Aye, aye. Tote bags? Affirmative. Polo shirts? Si, senor. Jackets? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Drawstring bags? Yaha. Is this stuff any good? I mean, it's not a lot of cheap knockoffs, is it? It's quality merchandise at the highest caliber. I see. You have any proof of these purchases, Mr. Shermack? I want to make sure she's not buying illegal contraband. Why, yes. Yes, I do. Here's her latest receipt from the handy shop. She bought this stuff last night. Let me see that. Hmm, very reasonable prices. Good variety of shipping options and payment methods, too. And all the proceeds go towards supporting the Atari Lynx Handicasts, hosting and domain costs? I believe so, yes. And you think she's involved with a cult? Isn't she? No, she isn't. We're very familiar with the Atari Lynx Handicast, and it's not a cult. It's a normal, run-of-the-mill, retro gaming podcast about an underappreciated retro handheld console. Ooh, most of the squad members, except for Monty here... I don't have internet. Most of them back at headquarters listen to the Handicast every month. Ooh, and now I need to take this receipt back to headquarters. As evidence... No, I want to buy some of this stuff for myself. I'm a Lynx head from way back. Don't worry about Maxine. She's okay. And she sounds like my kind of lady. Treat her right. Thank you. I will. That's a relief, Sergeant. All in a day's work, Mr. Shermack. You can find any and all officially branded Atari Lynx Handicast merchandise at the Handy Shop. Check it out at atarilynxhandicast.net slash handyshop. Playing the game. Per the manual, Paperboy is a fast-paced neighborhood obstacle course with danger and thrills. Object of the game. The object of the game is to keep your customers happy by throwing their newspapers into the newspaper box or onto the porch of each yellow house on your paper route, while also avoiding the numerous neighborhood obstacles. 
Bonus points are earned for throwing newspapers through the windows of gray non-customer houses and for knocking over objects and people that you pass on your route. Title screen. After the Paperboy cart is inserted into the links, the silent title screen with a black background appears. Across the top third of the screen is the title in the same font as it appears on the box cover art, only this time with white lettering. Beneath the title is a depiction of a paperboy in blue clothes with a red and brown cap riding a blue and red bicycle. There are newspapers sticking out of the bike's basket, and the paperboy is throwing several other papers, two of which can be seen in the foreground. To the left of the paperboy are listed the credits for programming, sound, original art, and links art, all in small capital gold and white block lettering. Below that on the left bottom corner of the screen is printed in small white capital block lettering, Paperboy TM, Atari Games Corp, licensed to Tengen, copyright 1990, Tengen Corp, all rights reserved, licensed to Atari Corp. After a few seconds, or if the A or B button is pressed, the title screen goes blank, then reappears as the title screen music begins playing. After pressing the A or B button, the title screen fades out and the level selection screen appears. The level selection screen. This screen, referred to as the street selection screen in the manual, depicts a white background consisting of a full view of the front page of the Daily Sun newspaper. Across the top is the banner heading with Extra Extra in the upper left and Morning Final in the upper right. Below the heading are three horizontal rules of differing links. Beneath the rules is the heading Use Joypad to Choose in medium-sized black font and below that in smaller black font Press A to start. The bottom half of the screen is comprised of three staggered boxes, with a screenshot in each box depicting one of the three street levels. Below each box is a caption in black for the respective street title, along with a multiplier for bonus points upon completion. Easy Street, score 1x, Middle Road, score 2x, and Hard Way, score 3x. Pressing right or left on the D-pad highlights the desired street name in gold lettering as the screenshot flashes. Each street is more difficult than the previous street. More difficult streets are much more dangerous, but the rewards are also higher. After a street is chosen, pressing either the A or B button takes you to the appropriate service report screen. The service report screen. This screen depicts an isometric view of the neighborhood against a green grass background. The name of the level, Easy Street, Middle Road, or Hard Way, is printed in black on the upper left corner. Three horizontal gray streets are shown, one each at the top, middle, and bottom of the screen. A fourth street traverses diagonally from the lower left to the upper right. After the screen is drawn, it becomes populated by several horizontal rectangles, representing houses, upwards from the bottom along the left-hand side of the diagonal street. The yellow houses with gray roofs are populated first, and the caption at the lower right reads, Your customers. Then the gray houses with black roofs are depicted, and the caption changes to non-customers. After a few seconds, the screen fades out, and the main play field appears as the gameplay mode begins. Gameplay mode. The main play field consists of a medium, lower, left to upper right isometric view of your player in blue garb riding a bicycle in the center of the screen as the background scrolls down. At the upper left is printed the current score in small black lettering. 
Beneath the score are up to three gold-colored caps, representing the number of caps remaining. To the right of the caps is the current day in small black font. The first game played is always Monday. Below the caps are depicted up to 10 diagonally positioned rolled up newspapers, indicating the number of papers you're carrying. At the top center of the screen are the breakage bonus points, indicating the number of points you've accrued by breaking non-customer windows or knocking over obstacles with your thrown newspapers. The rest of the screen depicts a typical suburban street scene with various houses, mailboxes, driveways, vehicles, toys, and many other objects scrolling down along the left of the sidewalk and street. Some objects can be knocked over or broken for points. Others should be avoided at all costs. Whatever you do, avoid crashing into obstacles. Each time you crash, you lose one of your caps. Since no self-respecting paperboy would work without a cap, losing all of your caps means losing your job. The gameplay music plays in a continuous loop throughout this portion of the game. You throw newspapers by pressing the A or B button at the appropriate time. For maximum points, as your paperboy pedals his bike along the street or sidewalk, you throw a newspaper at any yellow house, or a subscriber, onto their porch, inside their open garage, or preferably in their newspaper box. In the same manner, you throw a newspaper at the windows of any gray house, a non-customer's, to break it. You increase your paperboy's speed by pressing up on the D-pad, or decrease his speed by pressing down on the D-pad. Pressing left or right on the D-pad steers your paperboy's bike in the direction you want it to go. Along the way, avoid the game's many obstacles by speeding up, slowing down, or steering out of the way. Remember, there's no way for him to stop. Finally, your paperboy can replenish his stock of newspapers when he runs low by riding over strategically placed stacks or boxes of newspapers that have been left on the sidewalk or street. You earn points for each customer you keep, so it's important to make sure that you deliver their papers and not break their windows. If you have a perfect delivery day, you'll get a new customer. If you still have enough customers by the end of the day, you'll get to keep your job for another day. If you lose too many customers, you'll be forced to quit your paper route and the game will end. After getting to the end of the route and crossing the last horizontal street, the game then moves into the training course screen. The training course screen. When the paperboy crosses the final horizontal street at the end of his route, the training course music begins playing. and the breakage bonus caption at the top center of the screen changes to Course Timer, indicating the time remaining before the course must be completed. By the way, it is in speeded up time, not real time. This screen depicts an isometric view of an obstacle course on rough ground with dirt ramps, moving gates, bullseye targets, and shifting bridges over streams. 
Your paperboy tries to throw as many newspapers at the bullseye targets as possible while staying on the course by jumping over the ramps, crossing the bridges, and avoiding the gates. At the end of the course, your paperboy crosses a finish line as a small crowd cheers in the stands that are erected just beyond. At this point, the training course music stops and the breakage bonus points are tallied and the total score is displayed. At this point, the screen fades out and the service report screen returns, this time indicating the scores for each house with flashing houses indicating residents who canceled their subscription. Any new subscriptions and the final score for the day are also displayed on the screen just above the center horizontal cross street. The screen then continues on to the gameplay mode for the next day. Hazards. There are dozens of hazards that your paper boy will encounter on his route, either on the street, on the sidewalk, in the yards, or in the driveways. Here are the ones that I could find while playing Paperboy, listed in alphabetical order. Automobiles. Baby caution signs. Big wheeled pedal cars. Bird baths. Brake dancers. Construction workers with jackhammers. Dogs. Fences. Firecrackers. Fire hydrants. Gardeners with wheelbarrows. The Grim Reaper. Hot rods. Lawn jockeys, lawn mowers, marching soldiers, men at work signs, milk trucks with scum milk painted on the back, motorcycles, pedestrians, planters, potholes, remote control cars, rolling tires, skateboarding girls, statues that come alive and chase you, stop signs, Storm drain grates, street construction barricades, street curbs, tombstones, trash cans, two men boxing, vicious kitties, and walls. I probably missed some, but I'm sure my listeners can let me know which ones I didn't list. Game strategies. From the manual. Throw newspapers at everything until you learn which obstacles can be broken or knocked over for bonus points. Speed is nice, but it also makes it harder to hit porches and paper boxes, and easier to hit cars, fences, and other objects. Don't let your thirst for revenge get in the way of your main purpose, delivering papers to your loyal customers. Get to know the paper route. You'll be more successful if you learn to anticipate obstacles and customers. And finally, the street is sometimes less busy than the sidewalk. Scoring. During the game, you received points for delivering papers to your customers. You will also receive bonus points for breaking windows and obstacles, hitting training course bullseyes, and for completing your deliveries for a day or a week. And so here's how the scoring breaks down. On the paper route, land a newspaper on the customer's porch, 100 points. Land one in a newspaper box, 250 points. Break a non-customer's window, 100 points. Break a customer's window, negative 150 points. The points awarded for hitting various objects with a newspaper depends on the object that was hit. On the training course, run over a ramp, 100 points, jump a ramp, 50 points the first time, 100 points the second time, and 150 points the third time, last plus 50 points each time. Hit a bullseye, 100 points the first time, 125 points the second time, 150 points the third time, last plus 50 points each time. Completing the training course is one point per unit left on the course timer. And in this service report, 
250 points for each customer retained, 500 points per house for a perfect delivery, and 3,000 points per remaining cap for completing a week's worth of deliveries. Finally, you can gain a cap for each 10,000 points you've accrued. Game ending. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. After completing the Sunday deliveries and the end-of-day service report screen is displayed for that day, the screen fades out and the game over screen, also referred to in the manual as the winner screen, appears. This screen again depicts a full front page of the Daily Sun as the very brief game over screen music plays. Instead of the use joypad to choose heading in the center of the screen, this caption instead reads, the world's most throwable newspaper in small black capital lettering with amazing paperboy delivers below that and three columns of the words blah 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 below that. The screen fades out and the high score screen then comes into view. The high scores screen. The high score screen consists of a blue screen with top five scores at the top with the name of the street level just below it all in medium white capital lettering. Below that are the top five scores and the players' names, all in smaller white capital font. The bottom includes the full alphabet in small white capital lettering, allowing you to use the D-pad to choose letters to spell your name for entry onto the list. During this screen, the high scores screen music is played. After entering your name on this screen, pressing either the A or B button will then start the game over at the title screen. A final reminder, as is true with all original release Lynx games, your name and score will disappear from the high scores list once you turn off the console. And that, my fellow newsies, is how you play Paperboy. Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. Hey, Mr. Block, can I go to the bathroom? Two minutes. From Atari, the color video game you can get away with. Well, sometimes. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. Reviews and Ratings
I found a small bicycle basket of reviews for Paperboy, and most of them fell into the mediocre category. And remember that links to the full text of each review can be found on the links links in the show notes. So, let's get pedaling. Review. Gideon, on page 148 of the December 1990 issue, number 17, of the U.S. magazine Game Pro, gave this assessment of Paperboy. Paperboy shines as well on the links as it does in the arcades. The graphics are nicely detailed and the gameplay is easy to control. However, arcade vets will notice that the signature Paperboy theme song and sound effects aren't up to par. Despite these minimal shortcomings, this lighthearted game is a welcome change of pace from the usual hack-and-slash hijinks and space shoot-em-ups. Paperboy really delivers. Review. An unidentified reviewer on page 47 in the January 1991 issue number 3 of the UK magazine Rays described the game as surprisingly enjoyable for such a simple game. The reviewer gave the graphics 69%, the sound 65%, and the playability 71% for an overall score of 78%. Review. Veteran writer Robert A. Jung's 1999 review of Paperboy, which was posted at IGN.com, ends with this verdict. Not a bad game, though not one of the Lynx's best. It's not a fast-paced, breakneck speed game, so people looking for relaxation should be interested. If you can overlook average quality graphics and sound and did not dominate the arcade version, this is worth trying out. Jung gave Paperboy an overall rating of 7.0 out of 10. Review. The usually eternally negative video game critic said this about Paperboy in his 2005 review. There's not much to fault with the game. The looping background music is okay, but starts getting on your nerves after a while. The crisp controls allow you to adjust the speed of your bike and toss papers in a rapid-fire fashion. If you're looking for some simple arcade fun, Paperboy delivers. He gave the game a B-plus rating. Review. Brian Thomas Barnhart of the Lynx Lounge YouTube channel in his 2016 review of Paperboy at Atari.io gave this summary. The game is just completely filled to the brim with charm. It's got so much stuff going on. The music and the sound effects are just iconic. But also, all of the other things that are happening that are very, very time-specific. You've got guys breakdancing that you can throw your paper at and mess them up. There's dudes fighting on the street. There's people breaking into houses. There's kids on big wheels. The Grim Reaper will chase you. You've got to make it across the street without getting squashed. There's just so much fun stuff happening in this game. And you can also find a link to Brian's Lynx Lounge YouTube video review of Paperboy in the Lynx links in the show notes. Review. Finally, John Mack at AtariGamer.com said this when summarizing Paperboy in his 2018 review of the game. I wouldn't say Paperboy is my favorite Lynx title, but it does have an old-style difficulty level, and it's enough fun to pick up and play once in a while. Paperboy is a good game to play on those slow train rides through the city, and it certainly won't befuddle you with complex play instructions. Arcade fans will probably love it, and other players will likely enjoy this quaint journey through gaming history. It's not perfect, but it definitely has its moments. After all, I... This, this review, review ended with the reviewer suddenly knocked unconscious by a huge limited edition newspaper. The last thing he heard was, Hey, mister! John gave the game the following ratings. Graphics, 7. Sound, 7. Controls, 6. Challenge, 8. Playability, 7. And he gave Paperboy an overall score of 7 out of 10. Mark's review. Well, I never played the original arcade game, but from what I've read and heard, 
Paperboy does seem like a fairly solid arcade entry in the Lynx game library. It's a good pick-up-and-play title that doesn't require a lot of time or effort to master, in my opinion. What I like. Well, I like the quaint charm of playing a game about an obsolete profession, one that I was actually a part of in my younger days. I like the obstacle course in which I can practice my throwing skills, although it probably would have been smarter to put the course at the beginning of each day instead of at the end. And I like the cute obstacles that appear with increasing frequency as I attempt to deliver my stack of newspapers. What I don't like. Well, the music and the sounds are a bit spartan, although they don't necessarily hamper my gameplay. They just seem to be somewhat uninspiring. But my biggest gripe is the abysmal collision detection, which is probably the result of the difficulty in programming a game with an isometric playfield. I don't know. It's a fun game to play, it's just not a great game, at least in my opinion. So, having said that, here are my ratings for Paperboy. Gameplay, 4 links. Graphics, 3 links. Controls, 3 links. Music, 3 links. And sound effects, 2 links. And that makes my overall rating for the game 3.0 links out of 5. And that completes my coverage of reviews for Paperboy. Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this podcast promotion. I'm just a show, yes I'm only a show, and I got as far as urbanator land. Well now I'm stuck in a quo, and I sit here and wait, while a few other shows discuss and debate whether they should let me be a podcast. I hope and pray that they know, but today I am still just a show. Listen to all those podcasters arguing. Is all that debate about you? Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones. Most shows never get this far. I hope they decide a podcast at me favorably. Otherwise, I might be deleted. Deleted? Yeah, deleted file. Oh, it looks like I'm going to be played. Now I go to the listeners' headphones, and they listen to me. If they listen to you, what happens? Then I go to iTunes, and the whole thing starts all over again. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Remember, you can find all of Zerbinator Land shows right there at zerbinator.wordpress.com. Stop by there for all your podcasting needs. I'm just a show. Yes, I'm only a show. And if you find me, I'm at Zerbinator Land. Well, I am off on the web where I sit in my bed and I wait to be heard just like every other nerd. And if they like me, then I'll know. I pray that they will listen to me today. Hi, I'm Marvin Fanortner, and I'm a Victoria's Secret male model. I live a whirlwind life. Jetting from Paris to New York to Monte Carlo for modeling engagements. The work is tough and demanding, as there is always a gala fashion show just around the corner. So how do I relieve all the stress and sexual tension that a Victoria's Secret male model lifestyle piles on top of me? I just sit back with a cup of Earl Grey tea, close my eyes, and listen to the Tube Tunes podcast. It helps me realize what's really important in life. 
So when your hectic life is keeping you from stopping to smell the roses, log on to iTunes and Stitcher and download TubeTunes, and it will really help you stop and listen to the themes. And believe me, it will take your mind off the drudgery of a beach filled with bikini-clad hardies. I mean it. You should do it. Do it now. It's not hard. Well, it might be. <laughs> wink, wink. Listen to Tube Tunes and just watch that filthy glamour and decadence melt away. Oh, by the way, Cindy Crawford told me that she listens to Tube Tunes. You know what her favorite theme song is? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Go figure. For a neighbor, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Fun facts and trivia. Here are some of the fun facts and trivia that I found for Paperboy on the Atari Lynx. Prices at eBay. There was one loose cart of Paperboy sold in the last 90 days. It was a Canada listing that went for $16.87. There were two single cart manual combos sold, one at $11.95 and one at $14.99, averaging $13.47. There was a single cart and box of Paperboy sold, no manual included, that went for $19.99. There were five single NIBs sold that ranged in price from $24 up to $54.24, averaging $37.48. And finally, there was one lot of 11 loose Lynx carts, including a Paperboy cart, that sold for $107.50. Prices at other retailers. Bruce Carso at B&C Computer Visions in the U.S. is selling Paperboy for $29.95 for an NIB, $24.95 for an NIB with a damaged box, $19.95 for a cart manual combo, and $9.95 for a box only. You can find them through his online store on eBay under the username MyAtari. Bradley Coda at Best Electronics is selling loose carts of Paperboy for $14.95 and CIB copies of the game for $19.95. This information was last updated on the site on October 7, 2021, so be sure to check the Best Electronics website for updated availability and prices. The Gamesman in Australia has a CIB copy of Paperboy selling for $24.95 Australian. The Goat Store currently has no copies of Paperboy available. Telegames in the UK is selling CIB copies of Paperboy for £29.99. And finally, Lance Rinquist at Video 61 and Atari Sales is selling NIB copies of Paperboy for $49.95. Values. Digital Press gives Paperboy a value of $15 for a loose cartridge. Pricecharting.com gives the game a value of $16.15 for a loose cartridge, $19.58 for a CIB, $28.44 for an NIB, $7.85 for a box only, and $4.91 for a manual only. And on rarityguide.com, Paperboy is given a value of $19 even for a new inbox copy, $9 for a complete inbox copy, and $4 for a loose cartridge. Rarity. Atari Age gives Paperboy a rarity score of 3, which is scarce. Scarce cartridges are those that you don't find in every pile, but you will find them often enough. 
Although you may have trouble tracking down every scarce cartridge initially, you can eventually get them all. AtariGamer.com gives the English version of Paperboy a rarity score of 27 out of 100, which is common. A little harder to find and starting to get some value. The French variant and the Blister Pack variant are each given a rarity score of 35, which is uncommon. Starting to get difficult, but still accessible. And finally, the Japanese variant of Paperboy is given a rarity score of 40, which is in demand. Not easy to find at the usual places. Grab it if you see it. Digital Press gives a rarity score of 3 for a loose cart of Paperboy, and RarityGuide.com gives the game a rarity rating of 19% out of 100%. High scores. At HighScore.com, playing the easy street level on original hardware, Darth Kerr in Asheville, North Carolina, has the high score for Paperboy on the links at 50,290 points, which he got on March 12, 2016. And in emulation, the top score for the Easy Street level was 45,560 points by G. Tibble in Zwalm, East Flanders, Belgium on August 8, 2016. Playing the Middle Road level on the original hardware, Frost in Kildare, Ireland scored the most points with 37,850 on November 4, 2014. And in emulation, the top score for the Middle Road level was 55,150 points by G. Tibble in Zwalm, East Flanders, Belgium on August 8, 2016. And finally, playing the Hardway level on original hardware, Frost in Kildare, Ireland scored the most with 96,225 points on November 4, 2014. And in emulation, the top score for the Hardway level was 88,425 points by G. Tibble in Zwalm, East Flanders, Belgium on August 8, 2016. There were no high scores recorded on Twin Galaxies for the Atari Lynx version of the game, and there was one high score listed for Paperboy on the Atari Age Lynx High Score Club, which was compiled in 2011. S. Drake scored 131,955 points in the Easy Street level. My own high score for Paperboy was 17,770 points, playing the Middle Road level, which was on February 11, 2021. Cheats, hints, and Easter eggs. Extra, extra, no cheats, hints, or Easter eggs found for Paperboy on the links. Read all about it. So, with that headline, that completes the fun facts and trivia that I have for Paperboy. The Atari Lynx Handycast will return after this brief vintage advert. So you want another reason to buy an Atari Lynx? 16-bit action, sports, great sport. We got NFL football, hockey, basketball, baseball heroes. Now Lynx is just $79.99. Lynx has hot arcade hits, Toki, Steel Talons. We've even got pinball jams, two great big pinball machines jammed into one incredible cart. Hey, for a limited time, Lynx is only $79.99. Over 4,000 colors on the largest portable video screen available. So get your shoes and run to the store. You know you want a Lynx. The most fun you can hold in your hands. Lynx by Atari. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. 
listener feedback. I had quite a bit of listener feedback thrown on my doormat for today's game, which includes no less than four audio submissions. So let's finish our route today by listening to what other Linksters have to say about Paperboy. Facebook comments and messages. First, I got this comment on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page from Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Lair YouTube channel. Just listened. Another great episode, Mark and Monty. Probably my favorite one ever, in fact. I'm already starting to put some stuff together for Paperboy and have a great scan for you that I will upload here. And I responded, Thanks so much, Kieran. It was a pleasure to be able to include your audio submission for Robotron. Keep them coming if you can. Thanks, happy face. In a later post on the Atari Lynx Sector Facebook page, Kieran also said this about Paperboy. This will definitely be of interest to the Atari Lynx Handicast given the upcoming episode. A small interview I conducted with the programmer of Paperboy, Al Baker, for Retro Gamer Magazine, issue number 125. They also rated the Lynx version as one of the best home ports. And Kieran included a scan of that interview. I've included it in this episode's show notes. And I responded with, Thanks, Kieran. There's nothing like free research. Cheers. Happy face, thumbs up. I've also included a scan of a Retro Gamer article comparing the various ports of Paperboy that Kieran graciously provided, as well as a link to Kieran's Laird's Lair YouTube video comparing the handheld ports of the game. And we'll hear more from Kieran about Paperboy in the emails and audio submissions segments coming up. And Jeff Causey added this comment on the same post. Love this game on the mighty Atari Lynx. Finally, John Mack, the reviewer and residence of AtariGamer.com, sent me this feedback via Facebook Messenger. Hey Mark, thanks for your continued great work on the Handicast. Loving each episode as it comes through and your fun skits. I hope Monty is behaving himself. A bit concerned about that conference he went to recently. Sounds a bit Skynet-esque to me, happy face. By the way, just in case listeners are interested, I have a YouTube channel named John Max Atari Lynx Walkthroughs that all are welcome to come view. I'll be adding content, but there are plenty of fun past walkthroughs to be had from previous runs. Keep up the great work, and Monty, don't go getting any ideas, laugh out loud. Cheers, John Mack. And I wrote back, Thanks so much, John, for your kind words about the Handicast. Also, Thank you for all of the great Lynx game reviews you have provided via AtariGamer.com. They're spot on. I'll be sure to plug your walkthrough videos in the next episode. Again, thanks and keep up the great work. Three thumbs up. Reddit comments and messages. On Reddit, imall543 responded to my goofy feedback solicitation photo for Paperboy with this. One of the funnest games on the Lynx. Fun to pick up for a little and put down. You don't get tired of it. Well, thank you very much for your feedback, I'm All 543 I really appreciate it. Atari Age Comments and Messages After posting my usual goofy feedback solicitation photo for Paperboy on the Atari Lynx forums, I received this comment from Derek Dash, tripled 79. Ah, Paperboy. Takes me back to when I delivered newspapers as a kid. Probably not as many obstacles, though. Obstacles like the Grim Reaper, Tombstones, Roaming Dogs, etc., Speaking of which, perhaps you can use your podcast to settle a long-standing debate. Is that guy breakdancing or pulling on a pair of pants? Four Atari Fujis out of five. Keep those batteries charged. Derek D. Brandon, Manitoba. Well, thank you so much, Derek, for your feedback. And for good measure, I'll throw your question out to my listeners. Is he breakdancing or is he putting on his pants? Only his hairdresser knows for sure. 
Gee, Monty, that is indeed a very obscure and incredibly old reference. We aims to please. Emails. You've got mail. I got three emails this month. The first one is from Kieran Hawken of the Laird's Laird YouTube channel. In his email, he included in full his review of Paperboy from his upcoming book, The A to Z of Atari Lynx Games Volume 2. Here's his email. I just remembered about doing my Handicast feedback. I hope it's not too late. I've attached the audio file for your listening pleasure. I have another scan for you from Retro Gamer, so I'll upload that to the Lynx Sector Facebook group shortly. But going back to that interview I already posted, I just wanted to expand on something a bit for you. The actual interview I did with Al Baker was a lot longer, but was annoyingly condensed quite a bit before being published. Not sure why, either, as they gave it a full page with loads of empty space. The art used in the Atari Lynx version of the game was actually taken from the Atari ST port by Elite Systems that was released in 1989, which is why they look slightly rough around the edges, from where they were resized. The graphics from the arcade game were too high resolution to convert well to the Lynx, so Al managed to get the art assets from Elite, which were also in 16 colors of course, making them perfect. He also said that he wanted to include the speech, but Atari wouldn't let him have a larger ROM size. Al told me he liked to try and use original assets and code wherever possible when he was porting games. And he took this even further when he handled the Lynx version of Pit Fighter. But that's a story for another day, or should I say podcast. I am sure that you have also noticed that Paperboy isn't in the first Lynx book that I wrote. But it is in the second one, which I haven't finished writing yet, so here's a preview for you. Feel free to use it in the episode. Paperboy was a massive hit in the arcades, and is a great example of the originality of Atari games during their golden years. In essence, it's a driving game of sorts, but there is much more to it than that. You are the paperboy of the title, and you must ride your bike along an isometric street, delivering papers to your customers and using your spare papers to vandalize the homes of non-subscribers. The streets are also full of crazy residents getting in your way, some of which can also be taken out with a swift throw of a rolled-up tabloid. If you make it to the end of the week, you get to ride along the bonus track where you can chuck your papers at targets and go off ramps for extra points. If you manage to do well and deliver to all your customers, then you pick up a few new ones and move on to the next day. Miss your targets and you lose some. Lose too many and it's game over. As each day progresses through the week, the game gets harder with more obstacles and rowdy residents out to get you. There are three different streets representing three difficulty levels. As much as I love Paperboy, I was a little disappointed with the slightly messy graphics in this version. I do feel like they could have been a lot better. The music is very nice throughout, but it's a shame that the speech is missing from the arcade original, especially when the Lynx is more than capable. That said, though Lynx Paperboy certainly isn't a bad game at all, it's a pretty authentic arcade port and a damn sight better than the Game Boy or Game Gear version. Fans of the original coin-op will definitely get a kick out of it. I look forward to listening. Regards, Kieran. Well, thanks so much for fleshing out your interview with Al Baker, Kieran, and also for including your yet-to-be-published review of Paperboy from your forthcoming second volume. I really appreciate it. And for those Linksters interested in purchasing a copy of Kieran's first volume, the A to Z of Atari Lynx Games Volume 1, I have posted a link to the Amazon Kindle edition of the book in the Lynx Link section of the show notes of this episode. Check it out. And again, we'll hear more from Karen about Paperboy in the audio submission segment coming up. I also received an email from Scott Rhodes, the veteran Atari Lynx manual writer. Here's what he remembers about writing the instruction manual for Paperboy. I love this game, and I'm not afraid to admit it. 
I hung on to that EEPROM longer than I needed to just because I enjoyed playing it. The Lynx port is pretty good. I used to play it at the arcade at my local movie theater and enjoyed it on the Lynx just as much, even without the cool handlebars controller. As I mentioned in the interview, I turned the vandalism aspect of the game into a revenge plot in the manual, something I don't think you'll find in any other port. I had fun playing the game, so I had fun with the manual. It's not a very big manual, but it has a lot of writing, more than a page of story and strategy section, and flashes of humor about vicious kitties and stuff like that. My favorite thing about the manual, though, was just playing the game. And a big thank you goes to Scott Rhodes for keeping us updated about any manuals he wrote back in the day for Atari Lynx games, and also for our interview in episode IN02 of the Handicast. And if you Linksters haven't done so already, please check out that interview. And as usual, I received an email from Eugenio, TrekMD, on Twitter. Here's what he said about Paperboy. Hello, Mark. I hope all is well. After listening to the Robotron episode, I was glad to see my email to Monty fit perfectly with the theme of the episode. Looks like Monty knows what's going on with Bishop's plans. I wonder if a 3D chess move will help reveal what is planned. On a more serious note, though, I am happy to see that the number of COVID cases is decreasing, due in no small part to the increasing number of folks getting vaccinated. So I will do my PSA again. Please, please get vaccinated. It's the best way to put an end to COVID as a pandemic. And now, how about some newspaper tossing? Paperboy is another excellent arcade port for the Atari Lynx. The game captures the gameplay of the arcade quite well, and it looks and sounds really good. The catchy in-game music is reproduced pretty well, and the sound effects are also well done. The graphics replicate the arcade game pretty well, and they are as colorful as in the arcade, even if they are not as detailed. As in the arcade, the player can choose the road they want to play on, easy, medium, or hard, and the selection screen is pretty much an exact reproduction of the one in the original game. Funny enough, most of my experience with Paperboy comes from playing the Lynx version. I was aware of the arcade version and played it a few times, but it really wasn't until I had the Lynx version that I really got into the game. As is in the case with many games of the era, Paperboy has an easy enough premise for the player to learn but it is not as easy to master. That is what makes it fun and keeps the player wanting for more. This is another game that every Lynx owner should have in their game library. So, that's all for today. Going, Going to the, the final, final frontier, frontier! Gaming! Eugenio. P.S. Monty. Pawn to Rook's Level 2. And I responded with, Thank you very much for your Paperboy feedback, Eugenio. Take care and stay safe and I will talk to you soon. P.S. Monty says he doesn't know how to play 3D chess as he was never a Star Trek fan. I know, there's something wrong with him. Eugenio wrote back, Monty needs to get with the program and watch some Star Trek, smiley face. And I wrote back, I'll see if I can get Monty started watching the original series, then move him on to the animated series, The Next Generation, DS9, Star Trek Voyager, and then Star Trek Enterprise. Then I'll expose him to the original movies and the reboot movies, and then on to the current series, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks. I'll even encourage him to read the James Blish and Alan Dean Foster series novelizations, along with the comic books. With his lightning-fast interface, Monty should be done with all of that by the end of the week. I'll let you know what he thinks. So, Monty, you've had time to review the entire Star Trek canon. What do you think? It's a serviceable, if not completely pedestrian foray into mass-market pseudo-sci-fi. Frankly, I'd rather watch episodes of Golden Girls. Wow. Just 
Wow. Audio submissions. As I mentioned, I received four audio submissions this month for Paperboy. The first one I received is from new submitter Brian Bolding. Let's hear what Brian has to say about Paperboy and also about his recent infatuation with the Atari Lynx. Hey Mark, my name is Brian and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've been wanting to leave uh, feedback for you for a while now. Um, life's just been really busy and um, I uh, also leave feedback for Ferg's 2600 podcast every month, or I try to, uh, I missed last month, but um, I've been wanting to leave feedback for you because I recently got into the links and that's partially due to your podcast. I started listening to Ferg um, during the pandemic, right at the beginning of it, stumbled across it one day when I was depressed. Um, I live alone, don't have any kids, and my family are in different states. So I got into the Atari 2600 podcast, and um, it really just um, gave me something to wake up to every day. You know, I was catching up to all of his years of podcasts a couple of years ago. Um, I managed to get caught up during the pandemic, which is awesome, and started collecting uh, Atari games, um, obviously. Um, now I'm up to about 300 carts and uh, also some box copies. I also got into the Atari 800 XCGS, and um, I also uh, got into the um, Atari Jaguar, uh, which led me to your podcast I also uh, listened to the um, Lynx Lounge um, on YouTube. I think that guy's name is Brian Thomas, which is weird because that's also my first name, middle initial, so or my middle name as well. Um, but I got into that, and between that and your podcast, um, I just became really enchanted with the Lynx. Um, I was able to find a McWill modded system on eBay, uh, complete with carrying case and about 30 games for a really good price um, a couple months ago. Um, and I've really gotten into the links. Um, and I wanted to tell you um, how much I appreciate your podcast. And it's so well put together. Um, and um, I just really appreciate it. And, and I love whenever a new episode comes out. I'm kind of uh, upset I didn't get to leave feedback for Robotron that was one of my favorite games, and I, I know he just um, published that one. Um, but um, seeing as this episode is for Paperboy, um, I don't feel um, missed out too much because that's also a favorite game of mine. Um, anyway, so uh, Paperboy, uh, it's an amazing game. I love it. it. takes me back to my childhood. Um, the game, to me, looks just like the arcade game. Of course, I don't know any better, but <laughs> it looks really good, uh, plays really well, um, and I love it. Um, it's definitely on my top 10 Lynx games of all time that I love to play. I also love uh, Zarlar Mercenary. Um, I also love Stun Runner. Um, I'm one of the weird people that likes Kung Food because I actually love quirky um, first title games like that. Um, it's, I actually think it's a very ingenious, uh, fun kind of, uh, well, I, I know it has, uh, it gets a lot of flack, but I really like that game for some reason. Um, gosh, and there's so many more. Um, I like Miss Pac-Man. I like Rubitron. Those are two I play all the time. Um, I like, um, uh, Zybots and, 
gosh, there's just so many. I could keep going on and on. But basically, this system has some amazing games. Um, one of the things that Brian and yourself brought up a few times is the sounds in these games are incredible. Um, so um, that's a highlight for me. The The sound and playing this on a modded McWheel system is just great. It looks better than anything I've ever seen. Um, uh, wonderful. Um, and again, there are so many games. I'm still collecting for this system. As a matter of fact, I've got Slime World on the way uh, from my Atari on eBay. Um, he has a lot of these games wrapped. A lot of them are 20 bucks or less, so um, they're, it's still a very collectible system. Of course, there are those games that, you know, garner a larger price, um, but uh, it's a great system, and um, I just wanted to tell you how much we appreciate what you do. Um, everything you do on the podcast is meticulously created, and I love it. Um, and also wanted to say hi to your robotic counterpart there. Um, I also love the Daleks reference in the one of the episodes I listened to last night. I, I think it was um, for uh, uh, your last episode. Of course, I could be wrong. I'm kind of all over the place with your episodes, but they're great. And um, anyway, as a Doctor Who fan, I appreciated the Daleks reference. Um, all right. Um, Mark, I appreciate you. Um, I'll let you go. And uh, thank you so much for all you've given us. And I look forward to leaving more feedback soon. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for your wonderful feedback. Now, you may or may not know that Ferg's great podcast, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, is one of the inspirations for the Handicast. I was and still am a longtime listener of it, although I don't own over 300 Atari 2600 carts like you do. I only have about 50 or so. I was lucky enough also to be a part of another podcast with Ferg, Zerby's excellent Please Stand By podcast, for a few years. You should definitely listen to that one because it's a lot of fun. I'm really honored that you appreciate the Handicast. I do what I can to make it interesting for everyone, and I'm so glad that you enjoy it so much. By the way, I like your list of favorite Lynx titles, including Paperboy, Zarlor Mercenary, Stunrunner, Kung Fu, yes, it does get a lot of flack, Miss Pac-Man, and Zybots, along with a lot of other amazing games. And yes, the sounds are incredible on so many of them. I wish you the best of luck in completing your Lynx collection soon. Slime World on the way, huh? That's a fun one. And Monty and I will do whatever we can to throw a Dalek reference your way whenever we can. Take care, Brian. The second audio submission I received about Paperboy was from Bobby Tribble. Here is what he said about the game. Today's game is very near and dear to my heart. Such heavy nostalgia from my trips to Straw Hat Pizza putting in a quarter and hearing that gong sound effect and startup music and narrator. Disguised as a likable juvenile delinquent, Paperboy journeyed through a world of incredible danger. It stood head and shoulders above the competition with not just great gameplay, graphics, sound, music, but its personality. Voices actually made jokes and quipped about your game. Now you have a friend in the paper business. Delivery with a smile. Paperboy took it to the next level with a ridiculous and very detailed setting that really hit home with nine-year-old me. The graphic of the Paperboy from the title screen still remains my avatar on message boards and consoles. Now, poking fun at the mundane suburban lifestyle isn't exactly breaking new ground, but the suburban neighborhood of Paperboy is some twisted version of it. 
houses with tombstones in front of them, a lot of hearses driving around, the Grim Reaper just standing there, all while the Scum Farm's dairy truck makes its deliveries, avoiding the unicycling punk rockers. Hey, nice walk. But really, some of your toughest enemies are kids riding big wheels, or that other one playing with RC cars. I hate that kid. There are also plenty of tropes like white picket fences, pink flamingos, and lawn jockeys. By the way, lawn jockeys whose pants fall down if you hit them with a newspaper. I just love how absurd the whole thing was. I played the arcade so much that I became very familiar with its many details. That probably makes me extra critical of any attempt to port the game to a home version. When the NES version came out, I had to get it. And I was very disappointed. All of those interesting details like the Get Lost doormat or the No Pac-Man street sign were nowhere to be found, leaving basically the bare bones of the gameplay but not the style and artistry of the arcade. It didn't even have three different streets, just one. That's no good. So a few years pass, and like Klax and Road Blasters, I did not have the Lynx version of Paperboy, but I did have the Genesis version, which is actually really great, with a lot more detail and even some of the voices of the arcade. So when I played the Lynx version recently, I was a bit disappointed to find it a little watered down. Maybe I'm a perfectionist, but some things aren't quite right, like the music resets itself when you restock newspapers, broken windows don't get boarded up the next day, some of the characters are kind of strangely redrawn, and maybe most unfortunate, there are no voices. No! Also gotta say it, there's no cowbell in the main song. Oh wow. Still a good version for sure, but with some rough edges. Sorry about that. But the most aggravating part for me, do you ever find yourself arguing with a video game about how actually you did not lose? Uh, I did that a lot with my time with the Lynx version of Paperboy. Hey, I didn't hit that fire hydrant. I jumped the dirt ramp. I didn't hit the storm drain. That car wasn't even close to me. That's not my fault. Exactly. After a few games, I ended up just steering well clear of certain spots, like these, just because they were too unfair to try to navigate. One other thing. Easy street, middle road, hard way. Is there that much difference in difficulty? I just played some games and got through hard way pretty quickly, then got really tripped up on middle road. Anyway, here's how I did. Easy Street. I completed the whole week with a score of 68,430. Middle Road. I only got up to Saturday with a score of 90,650. Hard Way. I completed the entire week with a score of 89,880. Paperboy is one of those coin-op games that was ported to just about everything. And in this case, the Lynx does eat Game Boy's lunch and the NES's lunch, but then the Genesis eats those lunches. I guess it makes sense. Got any cookies in there? What? Ha! <laughs> well, thank you, Bobby. First of all, I really love your observations about the game. And it sounds like you really are an expert on the arcade paper boys, so I would guess that just about any home port of the game is likely to be disappointing to you. But you're absolutely right. The sounds, the music, the charm, the style, the artistry, and the digitized voices are just a little lacking in the home ports. I understand that the game seems watered down on the links with no voices, poor collision detection, and what's this? No cowbell in the title music? I could have used a little more cowbell. But at least you gave the game a try on the links. 
I didn't have the arcade experience you did with the game, so maybe I enjoy it on the links just a little bit more than you do. Still, congrats on your high scores, Bobby, and thanks so much for your valuable insights for Paperboy on the links. I really appreciate them. Talk to you next month. I gotta have more cowbell. The third audio submission I received about Paperboy was from the aforementioned Kieran Hawken of the Laird Slayer YouTube channel. Here's what he said about the game. Hey everybody, Kieran AK the Laird here, and I'm here to give my thoughts and memories of Link's Paperboy. Now, when I was uh, a kid, obviously I had a, a Lynx myself, and one of my closest friends that also had a Lynx was actually my next-door neighbour, um, whose name was Martin Milburn. Shout out to uh, Martin if you're listening, I doubt you are, but there we go. And his first game that he bought for with his Lynx, um, which was he got one about, I think, about three or four months maybe after me. It was quite a bit later anyway. Um, his first game that he got was Rygar. And I remember going with him to pick up his second game, which um, we, he bought from Games Galore in Hemel Hempstead, which was an absolutely wonderful shop and great for Link stuff. And they did uh, mail order as well as having uh, physical stores. He used to actually advertise a lot in the uh, CMVG Go magazine. Um, I always remember their upside down adverts. And um, when we went to the, the shop, he was really, really, really excited to see that they had Link's Paperboy. And um, I remember thinking it was it was quite weird that he was we, he was so excited about it. But one thing I remember is that he was uh, Paperboy himself, as was I. We both did paper rounds and worked for the uh, the same uh, company, actually. Um, but he absolutely loved being a Paperboy. Why well, I absolutely hated it. So perhaps that was one of the reasons why he was so excited about it. But I also remember that he'd loved playing the game on the BBC Micro. Um, I, I'd had it for my Spectrum, so I was very familiar with it as well. Um, and he had had the BBC version, which I actually thought wasn't particularly good. But um, he, he obviously got a lot of fun out of it. And when he got the Lynx version, um, he was absolutely like blown away by it. He thought it was pretty much the best thing ever because it was so superior uh, to the BBC Micro version. And it was actually pretty close to the, the arcade game as well. Um, and I just remember, you know, he, his unbelievable excitement over having Paperboy on his Lynx and... Uh, eventually he let me play it and we used to swap games and I'd borrow his games, he'd borrow mine. I remember borrowing it for a little bit and liking it. I mean, I, I enjoyed Paperboy in the arcades, but I guess by the time it came out on the links, I played it so much um, in the arcades and on the Spectrum. It kind of didn't hold the same allure for me. It was fun and I enjoyed it, but, you know, it was it was nothing special to me back then. Um, and it's funny because actually playing it now... I enjoy it far more than I did back back in the day because I guess it's the nostalgia thing because I enjoy playing it in the arcades because I enjoy playing it on the Spectrum and now it's a thing of memories and you know whereas I might have given like Paperboy and the Lynx maybe a 7 out of 10 you know back in the day um, now you know that raises to an 8 out of 10 and a lot of that is just the, the pure nostalgia factor of the game and there's no doubting that for its time, you know, Paperboy was an extremely quirky and original game um, with a lot of humour and there wasn't really anything else out there quite like it. And I guess that's one reason why it stood the test of time so well um, and why so many people still have um, nostalgic memories of it. And um, I haven't spoken to, to, to Martin for a while, um, 
actually we are friends on Facebook, so maybe I should send him a message. But I do wonder if he still has that same love and uh, adoration for Paperboy that he had back in uh, 1990 when he first bought it. Thank you, Karen. First of all, I love that you and your friend Martin were both Paperboys. That's a lost profession that enabled so many young boys and girls to earn more money than just what they might have received as an allowance from their parents. I found it interesting that you played Paperboy ad nauseum, not only in the arcade, but also on the BBC Micro and the ZX Spectrum, to the point that you were played out on it, but now you rated higher in your mind than you did back in the day. After all, you brought up a good point about nostalgia, Kieran. It can and does color our perspectives about the games we played when we were younger. But I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Thank you so much for your memories about Paperboy, Kieran. Cheers, mate. Finally, as is usual, I received an audio submission from veteran submitter Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast. Here's what Shinto said about his experience with Paperboy. This was my brother's game. He bought it, he played it, and he got pretty good at it. I checked, but our vintage high score binder had nothing recorded for Paperboy. When I had the opportunity to play it back then, I just couldn't get into it. I think the concept and gameplay mechanics are excellent. There's a lot to like here, but my gameplay sessions are short. I get frustrated dying or at least losing a hat with extremely low speed run-ins with a curb and trying to keep the fickle subscriber base happy. Never saw it in the arcade, but I've played Paperboy in various Midway collections, and the Lynx port is... it's not as smooth, not as crisp, the, the music isn't nearly as good, and it's lacking the voices and other digitized effects, unless I totally miss them, but most, if not all, of the gameplay elements are there, and it does control nicely. It's well-suited to the Lynx. It's not well-suited to me, though, I'm afraid, even though I physically own the card, it's still, in all other respects, my brother's game. Thank you so much, Shinto, for your feedback about Paperboy. You're right about Paperboy on the links. It's got all the game mechanics, but it's missing so many elements that made the arcade version, and even other home ports, more charming and engaging. And it makes sense that it's a game that you could never get into. Perhaps the fact that it was actually your brother's game card has some impact on your feelings about the game. I would assume he picked the game out when he bought it, not you, right? Taking nothing away from your spot-on points about the Link's port of Paperboy, maybe there's some subconscious sibling rivalry going on there. I don't know. But I appreciate your thoughts nonetheless, as I always do. Please keep the Link's feedback coming, Shinto. And cheers! Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all of you for all your feedback via comments, emails, or audio submissions. I always really appreciate it.
Well, Monty, with my newspaper sack now empty and my coverage of Paperboy on the links now complete, I guess that's all the news that's fit to print for this episode, right? Indeed. And I must say that you have covered today's game with all of the careful thought and analysis that one might give to the publication of a newspaper color supplement. Why, Monty, if I didn't know you better, I would think you were giving me a backhanded compliment. Well, that isn't really news, is it? No, it's not. But be that as it may, I would like to remind all of my listeners to please check out the links links in the show notes for links to everything that I've included in this episode about Paperboy. I also want to provide a reminder to everyone to check out the resources page in the Atari Lynx Handicast website's top menu. There you can find a full listing of all of the awesome homebrew and aftermarket Lynx titles that are currently available at the following four online vendors. LukeSoft in Germany, Songbird Productions in the US, Telegames in the UK, and Yastuna Games in France. They are all at the resources pages in the top menu at atarilynxhandicast.net. And while you're visiting the website, please take a look at the Handy Shop, the online store that stocks all of our official Atari Lynx Handicast branded merchandise. Monty and I have bins of clothing and accessories to appeal to any Lynxster, and everything you purchase in the Handy Shop will help offset the hosting and domain costs of the podcast. Just go to atarilynxhandicast.net slash handyshop and have fun shopping. On the next episode of the Handycast, I'll be covering yet another arcade port from the Atari Lynx's library, APB, released in 1991. So please, everyone, try to get your feedback into me for episode 23, APB, as soon as you can. And note that future episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast include episode 24, Rygar, episode 25, Hard Driving, episode 26, NFL Football, episode 27, Turbo Sub, and episode 28, joust. So please, join me on the next episode, won't you? And until then, thank you all for supporting and listening to the Handicast. Please stop by the Handy Shop, and most importantly, keep Keep on on linksing! Okay, Elvira, take us out of here. Thanks are in order for the Free Music Archive, which allows for the song 8-Bit Core by Tagirigus to be used as the opening and closing theme music for the Atari Lynx Handicast under the Creative Commons license. The Free Music Archive also allows for the following songs and artists to be used in this episode. Depth Charge, Elastic, Flow, Glass Ceiling, Twist, Underpass, and Wriggle, all by Meter. I would also like to thank Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, Shinto of the Atari Jaguar Game by Game podcast, and Zerbi of the many Zerbinator Land podcasts, including the excellent Please Stand By podcast. The help and inspiration that Ferg, Shinto, and Zerbi have provided in my brief podcasting experience are invaluable to me, and I really appreciate it. Finally, I would also like to give my heartfelt thanks to my beautiful wife Lizzie, 
She has put up with me and with this strange podcasting thing with the patience of a saint, and I could never fully repay her, but I will definitely try. Nudge, nudge, snap, snap, grin, grin, wink, wink, sign them all. The Atari Lynx Handycast is a proud partner with AtariGamer.com. If you are looking for the latest Lynx news, interesting Lynx articles, a full list of Atari Lynx games, and a one-stop compendium of all things Atari Lynx, you can't do any better than visiting AtariGamer.com. Tell them Monkey sent you. The Atari Lynx Handycast is also a proud member of the Throwback Network. You can listen to all of the great retro-themed podcasts on the network, including this one, by visiting throwbackreviews.com. Just click on the podcast's link in the top menu. Episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found on Apple Podcasts. Please take time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other interested listeners can easily find the Handycast. In addition to Apple Podcasts, the Atari Lynx Handycast can be found everywhere that podcasts are sold, including Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. Be sure to check out the Atari Lynx Handycast website. All of the episodes can be found there, including show notes and a list of upcoming episodes. You can even purchase Handycast-themed merchandise such as mugs, mouse pads, t-shirts, and tote bags. They're all in the Handy Shop on the Handycast website at atarilinkshandycast.net. And also don't forget to visit the Handycast blog page at atarilinkshandycast.blogspot.com. Also, you can follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Plus, you can also follow the Atari Lynx Handycast on Twitter and on Instagram. Just search on both platforms for Lynx Handycast. And Reddit users can find the Handycast at reddit.com slash users slash Atari Lynx Handycast. Finally, you can send Mark Little an email and let him know what you think about any episodes of the Atari Lynx Handycast. Or you can provide your own feedback about any Atari Lynx games. You can even suggest future topics or possible interview subjects to future episodes. Or you can just simply say, hi. Just write to him at mark at atarilynxhandycast.net. Thank you for listening. This is Montague Habisham wishing you all a jolly good evening. I am just a simple paper boy, no romance do I seek. I just wanted for cents for my deliveries last week. Will this bewitching floozy seduce this humble noose?
Susie, oh, what's a paper boy to do? I could have used a little more cowbell. The Atari Lynx Handicast is made possible by a grant from the Telesearch Group and by the generous support of listeners like you. Thank you.